Hello, everybody. Welcome to Health Chatter and today's episode on fitness and exercise. So everybody get their exercise or galia out, their water bottles ready, because we're going we're gonna to talk about stuff that we all should be doing somehow, somehow. So before we get started, we got it. By the way, we have a great guest with us, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, we have a great Great crew as always. I like to introduce them because they're second to none. Maddie Levine Wolf, Aaron Collins, DeAndra Howard do our background research, along with Sheridan Nygaard. They do background research for all our shows that give Clarence and I some, some ideas what we should talk about from not just our perspective, but from different perspectives. So thank you to you guys. Matthew Campbell's our production manager, gets all our shows um, properly edited and adds some beautiful, beautiful symphonic music to the front and end of each show. But you have to listen to the show to get to hear the music. Uh, we have a great, uh, I have a great colleague, partner in crime in this show, and that's uh, Clarence Jones. We're having a hoot doing this. Um, it's been going on for over a year. And we like to chat about a lot of different health topics. So thank you, Clarence. You're, you're a gem. And along with Clarence, we have uh, Human Partnership, which is our, one of our sponsors for this, this show. And they, they're, they're a wonderful community organization. We encourage you to check out their, their website. Um, you can go to our website and check us out as well as, as them. So thank you to Human Partnership. Wonderful, wonderful community organization. So today we're gonna to be talking about exercise and fitness. I am going to turn the mic over to my illustrious uh, researcher, Erin Collins, who can then introduce her colleague. Go for it. Thank you, Stan. I think I definitely want to broaden our title of today's episode to health and fitness. I think there's a lot of things that we're going to touch on today that certainly get to more health and fitness, um, but certainly exercise as well. So today we have Jen Walter. She's a lifelong competitor and career personal trainer and coach. She began uh, with soccer and moved into endurance sports, including triathlon, road and mountain biking, marathons, and ultra trail racing. And most recently, high rocks racing, holding the world record for the 55 to 59 age group, and is now prepping for a world championship title in the end of May in Manchester. Jen is a mom of three and can speak to the challenge of raising kids while trying to manage health and fitness goals. And her passion continues to be in building community for those who train for the long game of life. So thank you, Jen, for being with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here. So let's kick things off first with, Jen, can you give us a little bit of a rundown of, of what you do and why you do what you do? In the professional community, what I do is personal train private individuals as well as groups. Um, my goal is to bring people together, form community and through that process, we improve many aspects of health. 
why I do it because I want to play for the long game. I want to be here. I want to be the, the people that I see when they're 70, 80, 90 years old, and they are fully engaged in life. That's my goal. And mm -hmm. the choices I make today uh, determine whether or not I achieve that goal, whether or not I get to play when I'm that age. Awesome. Awesome. So, let, so I, you know, there's a lot of, of stuff related to health, exercise, fitness. There, there's a lot of linkages that are involved in this. There's personal linkages, um, what you personally would want to do in order to maintain your health and, and be active um, and stay healthy. And then there's the professional angles on a, a particular individual connecting with their healthcare providers to assure that what they're doing is consistent with what they're trying to manage, et cetera, et cetera. There's differences, for instance, for what, you, what kids would do fitness-wise, health-wise, exercise-wise versus Clarence and I, who are, you know, I'm, I'm 70 years old, so it's a little bit different. You know, it's like when I go to a, a club to, to work out or exercise, you see differences in, how, a, in how people engage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So outcome of, say, I choose to be competitive in my movement. That's what mm -hmm. I choose. That's not what keeps me healthy because I like to run long races or I like to drive my heart rate up. Movement is movement, but what allows me to do the things I like to do is that I get proper sleep, that I make good choices with my nutrition, that I've got somebody that I trust who can watch my body mechanics, um, that I manage my stress levels. And I can speak to any mom out there who's trying to manage kids or who's a full-time student and working part-time and trying to be healthy in life. So the, the outcome of what I like to do is the result of all these choices that happen day over day. So if right. I, if young people, same thing, are you getting your sleep? Are you eating properly? Do you have proper movement? Are you managing your stress? Whatever those are, that doesn't change. My mom is 79. She works out with Hilla, who's 80 um, at 6am. I don't know why they come to 6am, but that's the class they like. Um, same thing. The same principles apply to them uh, as it would to you, Santa Clarence. So it's not about the outcome so much as it is about the consistency of the day-to-day -day practice of keeping your life healthy. And so that you can choose to do, whether it's pickleball, or you can choose to do a competitive high rocks race, or you can choose um, to be able to walk your dog or play with your grandkids and get up and off the floor. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask this question because I, you know, you, you, you said it a couple of times. Where did, I, I never made the connection between proper sleep and, and exercise. The connection? I, I never made the, the connection between proper sleep and exercise. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that, you know, I, so, so I'm an I'm a older person. And I, you know, when I was young, I used to jump up and just get up and just do whatever I wanted to do. I don't, it doesn't happen like that anymore. You know what I mean? I'm a little bit, I'm a lot slower. But uh, what's this connection between sleep? Uh, you, and you said proper sleep because actually the, the American Heart Association just added that uh, to yeah. SEO 8. So this proper sleep and exercise. Tell me more about that because that's very interesting to me. Yeah, it, it lack of sleep leads to so many problems. If we Our sleep time is the best time we have for fat burn, 
for healing, for our minds to be able to calm down and think and, and be able to process faster the next day. Sadly, our culture is really, um, we're rewarded for moving fast, for sleeping less, for getting more done. Um, the culture has been, if you say you're a nine hour sleeper, somebody right behind you is going to say, well, you're lazy, um, which is not the case. You're getting proper sleep. Um, if you want to grow. So I have a lot of athletes that come in and that the classic thing is they want to lose weight and put on muscle. If they're not getting proper sleep, they've cut down their fat burn time. That is the best you get eight hours, let's say seven to eight hours of fat burning time. Your body's not stressed. Everything comes down. If they want to put muscle on, they work during the day at, uh, at night, they're recovering, they're healing. If that's cut down, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of data out there. You can go to any Google sleep hygiene. You're going to find lots of really good information on that. And it's very consistent across uh, whatever format you're looking at. Well, thank you for that. That's, that's very informative. So, so let me, okay. So um, activity level, you know, I think about that and um, it's like activity level for our grandkids who are, you know, three and, and one, oh my God, you know, I, I, you could, I feel like I'm exercising and, and doing all this just by watching them. Okay. It's like, you know, you know, for the, those of us at our age, you could, if you could bottle that energy, oh my God, you know, we would get the Nobel prize. All right. So can, can you reflect on, um, exercise and um, and fitness and health by age a little bit more. Well, In I other words, you're answering this, asking this question for yourself, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I can answer it. All right, All right. Um, answer it for me. Okay. Um, or, you know, answer it for a millennial. Answer sure. It I would for... go with, what do you, when I meet a client and I work with all ages, yeah. The question I ask is what brings you in and what do you need your body to do for you? If you need your body to be able to get down to the floor and play with your grandkids and get up and be able to chase them before they run across the street, then we train for that. Not that specifically, but we train for that kind of movement, range of motion and stability. Yeah. If Aaron, uh, who we're with, wants to train for a high rocks race, she needs to push and pull heavy things. She needs to be able to run with efficiency. Then we look at training that would be specific for that. Health-wise speaking, you need to be able to get your heart rate up. Um, and that is more than just walking the dog. If you want to prevent heart disease, if you want to uh, be able to move with agility as you're chasing your grandkids down, you need to get your heart rate up. And that seems to be for uh, not so much this younger generation that's coming in, but I would say for my mom's generation, and again, she's 79, that didn't come till much later in her life. And it, it was scary for her. Like, yeah. I need to work that hard. Is something bad going to happen? Mm -hmm. um, whereas a lot of younger people, whether they're in great involved with sports, there's more education about it. They run around naturally. They get their heart rate up. The challenge becomes when you're out of organized sports or you're out of school, you're on your own, you're in college. And maybe it's not innate to you that you think, I just want to get out and move. Uh, that's when we tend to start slowing down. And then yeah. we get some sort of re, uh, encouragement from a medical professional saying, you know what, you really got to start moving. Or you say, you know what, this isn't the body that is going to allow me to do what I want to do. 
I need to start moving. And we have, we miss those years. The body is mechanically designed to move. Yeah. Our society encourages us to sit everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, lifestyle and work style have a, in, you know, based on, on my experience, have a, um, a lot of an effect on, on what we're dealing with. Um, for instance, um, when people retire, one of the first things that, the, you know, you know, the counselors will ask, well, what do you want to be able to do? Well, we want to be able to travel. Okay, you know, okay, fine. All right. And we want to be able to go on hikes and all this, all this kind of stuff. Well, excuse me, if you haven't been doing any kind of of movement or or getting ready, you can't just go to wherever and just start hiking without frankly feeling it. And yeah. so, you know lifestyle before you know like in the work work environment and then all of a sudden transforming into another lifestyle um where you want to be at more active but you haven't been more active you can't just do things suddenly and expect that you can do things that you really want to do it's brilliant. So when we were discussing earlier, earlier, where where you are at in life right now is a lagging measure of all of the decisions you have made up to that point. So if your decisions have been to be sedentary, to avoid fitness, maybe you don't have don't have time. Maybe um, it hurts your knees. There's lots of reasons we don't move. Where you get to is a representation of all of that. If you choose not to work on your nutrition day after day, and it doesn't have to be hard work, but it has to be consistent. Um, then you get to your point where you're like, oh, now I have time. I really want this body to get in the van, go travel somewhere and get out and hike the mountains. And you're right. absolutely right. The body's going to fail you. Right, right. Or Aaron. you're putting yourself at, at a higher risk of injury. 100%. Aaron. How do you encourage people to exercise more when they haven't been exercising? I mean, for example, use me as an example, okay? Uh, how are you going to encourage me to exercise more? What do you want to say to me? Because I think I think it's important for people to enter the conversation and feeling, you know, feeling safe. You know, you know, you were talking about your mother a little bit earlier. You know, she, you know, we had these uh, uh, thoughts. How do you encourage us? I think this brings us into a really important thing in health and fitness, and that's community. Um, at least for me, where I found encouragement and motivation to get to the gym and work hard in the gym was finding Jen's group fitness class. And she has really created a really great community of people that show up every day and we all have fun every day. And now I have a nice little group of friends and like gym moms is what I like to call them that like keep me accountable but like also keep things lighthearted. like at the end of the day like we're doing this to to be happier in life and to to find um to find uh, a better a better way to to be healthy and and you know like Jen said like be able to get on the ground with your grandkids like I don't want to 
be moaning and groaning getting out of a chair when I'm 40. So take that back further, Erin. Think about before you joined the group, Mm -hmm. what was what were your successes there? What were your roadblocks there before you came into a community? Um, I, I think I said this the other day, um, I was lonely exercising by myself. Like I would, I would work out in my apartment gym. Um, I did a lot of running and when you're running by yourself with headphones in, it's kind of hard to find the motivation to go and be with yourself for an hour on the treadmill. Um, so that was a huge roadblock trying to find motivation to go do things with me, myself and I, but coming to GTX in the morning, like there's a bunch of people knowing that they're all going to show up and that I'm going to show up. And we're all asking questions when somebody doesn't show up. What are they doing today? I wonder what trip they're on. And it is a crazy amount of of motivation to show up for the people around you and and yourself. And accountability. So Mm -hmm. if you want to make decisions day over day, having your workout buddy or your workout coach or your group of people who actually care that you're on this journey with them is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and it's interesting because some people, it, it's all a function of personality. Okay, sure. so, all right. So some people who are more extroverted, let's say, want that, that a lot of connection time, okay? There are other people that they might have so much connection time with so many people that by the time they want to go to a a club setting or an exercise setting, they just want some alone time just to kind of exercise or um, do the healthy oriented things in their own, own space. So there, there's, there is truly that balance. It's like, you know, if I talk to Clarence, Clarence, you know, it's like, come on, I'll, I'll drag you to the club with me and we'll yeah. just sit, we'll just sit and chat while we're sitting there moaning and groaning together, you know, who cares, you know, it's like, you know, you know, you could do it with a buddy. Another thing that I can reflect for, for listening audience and, you know, most of you who have, who have known me, I really enjoy hiking with my dog. Just the two of us out in wherever land. And it, it's it's really, really wonderful. But I will say this, you need to be in shape in order to do that, okay? You just can't start climbing hills or wherever um, without a little bit of help beforehand. So let me, let, here's another component that, that I wanna talk about. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Before you do that, because you mentioned personalities um, and it would surprise people to know that I'm an introvert. And by that, I mean, when I need to restore my energy, I do not want to be around people. Yeah, I will put my yeah. best and I'm ready to go. But when it's my time, it's my time. And I yeah. need that so I can yeah. go back out. Um, introverts as well, though, may need a coach. Oh, may yeah, absolutely. Push them may need somebody to check their range of motion. Typically, people who are on their own, and I, of course, can't speak for you, but people who are on their own will underachieve. That doesn't mean they're not working hard and they're not trying, but will underachieve in reaching their goals. When you're with somebody and you have this sort of herd mentality, right? You see, I am highly inspired. Uh, When I see Erin train and I see the women around her watching her, they're like, oh, that's possible. I can do more. 
that's not an introvert extrovert. That's a, I got somebody who's going to weed me through this, which is what life is. The people before us, they're weeding us through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make a comment. And you know, it's interesting you say that because like when I go to the gym, I'll, I'll see, you know, other, just other people doing other types of, of exercises. <clears throat> and um, in my head, I'll say, you know what, I can do that. So, you know, then I'll engage that in my, in my routine or try it at least. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's another, another major area that I want us to discuss. And that's um, exercise and fitness connected with disease, exercise and fitness connected to um, post-surgery, those two things. Can you respond to the, to those ideas? Yeah, uh, it's undeniable that you don't move, you don't eat right, you are heading down the road of disease. I mean that that's that's just proven. It's not debatable. That is science. That's there. And you have had doctors on this show who certainly can say that better than I can and speak more in depth about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when someone comes to me and um, is having um, has issues with their heart, has uh, blocked arteries, for example. Um, and they've been told they have to exercise. I'm not looking at that person and, and they are fit and they have energy and they've made good choices. I'm looking at somebody who has fallen into a life of sedentary, um, maybe lack of education on nutrition. I mean, this is our culture. This is what, what we learn growing up, uh, a sign of you've made it is you bought your, your lounger chair. I mean, it's, this is what it is. You sit at the table in a flexed position of your hips and you just get tight. Yeah. Work at a desk all day long and they roll their shoulders and they get a hump in their back. I mean, it's, it's not that they're doing something wrong. It's that this is what our culture is and getting more education about how to move is the answer to that, how to move and how to make good choices about food. And all of those are an uphill battle in this society. There's opportunities out there, but you're going to have to look for it. Um, Mm. But yes, absolutely. Disease is a reflection of, again, those decisions that are made over time. It doesn't, you don't wake up one day and go, wow, look at that. My blood pressure's high. That is a result of over time. Now, there are some genetic conditions out there for sure. Very small percentage of the population. Uh, You're a a fit person. You have high cholesterol. Okay. That's likely a genetic predisposition. Um, So we consider those things, but 100% disease are are of the heart, disease, blood pressure often, those kind of things, result of nutrition and movement choices. And I'm not saying any of this is easy. None of it's easy. I have fought to keep, make good decisions over time. It's hard stuff. But I think there has to be some reality check that when you're at the doctor and they say, I have some medication for you, let's follow that up with what else are we going to do for movement and nutrition and stress management? How's your sleep? What's the, your environment in your home? I would love to see that partnered. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, so that's disease. I mean, and some people come to it, come to exercising and, 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 and fitness because of disease. Okay. Um, whether by choice or not by choice, you know, it's, it's just, some things happen. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about post-surgical. All right. And the reason I bring this up is, um, you know, like I, you know, many of the people that I work with here know that I work with, with patients 
post knee surgery. Okay. And uh, because I've gone through it myself and uh, inevitably it'll come down to exercise. Okay. Mm -hmm. You've got to, you know, obviously before your surgery and then obviously after surgery. So how is it that you work with, with uh, people, clients that for instance, have recently had a, uh, a knee replaced? Very common. Very common. It's getting more common. We get, it's, it's inspiring because these are folks who want to move and usually their fit, their physical therapists will say, you got to go find a community. You got to get, you got to get involved. You got to move every day, uh, whether it's knee or hip shoulder, some shoulders, but a lot of knee and hip replacements um, yeah. we see in, in the club. It's, it's, it comes down to movement and it might not feel good, but that, I mean, you got a stronger knee than most everybody out there at that point. Yeah. You're bionic. Well, it, the, <laughs> the knee is fine. Now you got to get used to how to use it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we, so we do a lot of that and, and look for if, if you fall, if someone falls into that category, the physical therapist is going to work off the trainer or the coach and the trainer is going to work off the physical therapist. Right. Uh, that's what we see more and more in a good personal trainer. Um, but it's gotten to be like you're saying, I have many clients where that is, and there's so much they can do so much they can do, which is exciting and empowering because you kind of think life is over when someone says you got to get a knee replaced. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the average age of the, of the patients I am seeing now um, that are getting knee replaced is about 68 to 70, you know, somewhere that's the average. Okay. You know, I, I do see younger, you know, younger, younger patients that, you know, they've had some kind of a sports injury or whatever, but that usually over time that is that changed over time that average. Um, I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that, but um, it's just the average I've seen in the last, you know, certainly in the last year or so. Um, and, you know, it's like when you start talking to a, an, an elderly patient, let's just say 75. Okay. Um, you know, who are right, on one hand, they want to be active on the other hand, it's like all of a sudden, boom, you know, they've had a, a knee replaced and that kind of puts a, a different kind of psyche in, into their, into their ads, but um, they definitely have to have to engage movement. If uh, otherwise it's really going to start taking them down. hundred percent agree. And, and that's where I would say, get in and work with somebody, have, have a trainer, somebody that you trust with Mm -hmm. body mechanics, have eyes on you to help you through that. I mean, it really works. Training works with knee replacements. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's a success. I know. I know know that. I know that feeling. Aaron, Clarence. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, I want to ask you a personal question. How did you, um, how did you, uh, what was your epiphany? In terms of this training stuff, I say it like that because you obviously you're definitely into it. But what was what was the train? What was the epiphany for you in terms of you getting involved like this? Um, I was a really big athlete in high school. I really liked the competitive side of athletics, and when I went to college, I chose not to participate in competitive sports. And um, as lots of college kids do, you gain a lot of weight and you lose sight on what you used to do, which is exercise for five hours a day. And 
I got to be quite overweight when I moved here to Minnesota. And I spent a lot of time by myself because I lived with myself and I didn't like myself. I had gained a lot of weight. I didn't like the way I was eating and I didn't feel that like competitive side of athletics anymore. And it just kind of felt very lonely and depressing being overweight and by myself. Um, so like, uh, I don't know, like January of 2022, I was like, it was like kind of a new year's resolution thing that I was going to focus on myself in a healthy way. Um, try to lose some weight and get that competitive aspect back. Um, and so I started doing, um, longer runs. I got up to like eight, nine miles on the treadmill by myself. And I had had enough being on the treadmill for an hour by myself. And so I moved to group fitness at lifetime. Um, and when the group fitness in the studio got to be a little repetitive, I came to one of Jen's class. Um, she has a midday class at 1130 and I was just absolutely hooked. But I guess the answer to your question, the epiphany was that I just was really unhappy with with how I transitioned out of high school and I wanted that back. You know, I ask that question because I think a lot of people need to hear your story because there are a lot of people that are probably in the same position. And I think it's, uh, it, it, to me, it's always encouraging when, when somebody else has a similar story, you know, and uh, it, it, it just motivates them. And uh, Jen, yeah. for you, how did you get, how did you get involved? In, and what was your epiphany? Mm-hmm. I think something that I really want to touch on in this episode too, um, we've talked about a lot of aspects that go, that go into health and fitness. And I think to somebody who wants to, to make the change and, and get into the gym and start working on nutrition and lose weight and be happier about how they're feeling about themselves. We talked about sleep, hydration, nutrition, stress management, movement, mm-hmm. just for somebody who's starting fresh the sleep aspect or the stress aspect is already overwhelming. So like putting all of those together in a consistent way may be very overwhelming to somebody. And I'd like to toss it back to Jen and talk about how, how do we start at square one, incorporating all of these things into a consistent way in our lives without it being this huge bite to take off. Because I, I mean, I didn't start with all of those all of those aspects perfectly aligned. Like how do, how do we start from square one to a point where all of these things seem like they're in a routine and, and easy to handle? You know, when you go into the, uh, the gym or out in life and you're not, maybe not feeling great about yourself. And then you, what you, what you see are all these people who look like they have it together. If you listen, if you read my, um, my introduction, it sounds like I really have it together right? I'm doing, I'm doing big things. I'm having big success. Um, I think everybody out there, every single person out there has a story that they've had to work through something. They've been put to the wall. They've had to thought what they're going to do. Are they going to choose this path or choose that path? As a coach, I love to hear that story. And Mm -hmm. I, I haven't met an athlete out there yet, a human out there yet, who doesn't have those, those highs and lows, the real stuff, the real come to Jesus moments of what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, so when they come in, where does the starting point with that? 
Um, it's like you said, Aaron, it, you don't throw a program at somebody and say, okay, I need you to get seven to nine hours of sleep. And I need you to drink half your body weight in ounces of water. I need you to eat a gram of protein for pound of body. I mean, I don't do, we, we say, give me one thing, give me one thing and make it easy and obvious so that you are empowered. Maybe mm -hmm. that one thing is every morning when you get up, I want you to drink a glass of water. When you show me you can do that, you show yourself you can do that. You've now made a lasting change. Now we're going to add on to that. It's a lifelong process. Maybe it's, okay, we've got the water figured out. Let's talk about movement. Let's put it together. What's your goal? Let's, can you get into the gym two times a week? What, what does your activity look like? When you've accomplished that and make the goal easy and obvious, we add on to it. A one-time, so a lot of folks will come in and go, yep, that's it. I'm training for a marathon and I'm going to do it. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, it's going to take a hit and nothing else is in line. Your house is on fire. I like to use that expression, <laughs> right? Your sleep is off. You're not getting enough protein. You're highly stressed. You, you've got crazy things going on with kids and work and you're out mowing the lawn while your whole house is burning up. Break it real, real, break it down. Find that one thing that you can do and stick with it. Something easy. Yeah. And it's a process and it's an impatient process to go through. But like I said, where you're at now is an accumulation of representation of all the decisions you've made prior. So, you know, you mentioned, or at least you kind of alluded to kind of a roller coaster effect. Okay. You know, we have these ebbs and flows. That's just call it human nature or how we go about life. Okay. Um, so talk to me about um, fitness and exercise and consistency. How is it that you maintain consistency when you have to do particular things? I'll give you a for instance, okay? Last couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were out in the Pocono Mountains with our, with our grandkids and family. It's a, I was not doing the same types of exercise, for instance, that I was doing because I didn't have access to like a gym or, or whatever. How is it that you deal with these ebbs and flows in people's lifestyles? Well, I would say, I hope you had a wonderful vacation and that you didn't feel any shame about not doing those things. Not at all. <laughs> Good. Um, I would, health, fitness. So trying to stick to a routine, somebody who's, people who travel, let's say that, the, not the- yeah. People who travel for their job, this is hard stuff. Often sleep, some people are real good at it. Other people, their systems are thrown way off. They're, maybe they're changing time zones, throws things off. Maybe they don't have the gym right in, in the hotel. That, that's real stuff. And I, the answer, I've got good workouts that I will give people that is body weight. And it's all about range of motion. So that when you come back, you're not trying to find your lunge again or your overhead reach again. So doesn't have to be an hour long. Maybe it's seven minutes of something to move your body in a way that it will appreciate the next day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I and that's good to hear. That's good to hear for our listening audience. It's, it's even little things can help. Oh, hundred percent. I, when people travel, um, we, we, I think we've talked about this, Aaron, and we pack our own, a lot of our own nutrition. <laughs> and I would say, I mean, what I need this body to do in the near future is compete at a very high level. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that this doesn't fit for all. However, 
whether if you're going to Mexico, they have a lot of protein in Mexico. They have a lot of protein in Europe. They have protein all over, right? Get yeah. your protein up. That's it's such a wonderful recovery builder, healer, um, macronutrient. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that we, we can do. Uh, now, if you're going on traveling with your family, take all that pressure off. Enjoy yourself. You're right. Right. Because that, you know, reducing, you reducing stress helps. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Although increasing craziness. <laughs> well, that sounds like grandkids and lots now of. You, now you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> All right. Let me also talk about differences in population groups. Do you see that at all? Like, for instance, you know, white males versus, you know, African-American males versus, you know, are there differences in population groups that you notice that um, makes it more difficult for a, a particular population group to address health and fitness? Well, I live in St. Louis Park, so it's I'm not exactly, you know, real, we're, we're diverse to some level, but, you know, I'm also at yeah, a yeah, high, yeah, high yeah. health club, so not as diverse. But he, I think it's harder for men, mm-hmm. men, generally speaking, to walk into a group environment and exercise. And I think that has a lot to do with the culture and the tone that is set by the coach. Mm-hmm. So in my classes, it's fairly well represented um, men and women. Mm-hmm. I think culturally for those that um, I think of the Muslim community, we have a lot of Muslim women that come in and they're in their full hijab and it's, it's tricky. It's hard to see bio body mechanics. It's, yeah. it's cool. We work it out, but we have a very honest, open conversation about that um, so that I can provide my best service and they can get. As they much yeah. As yeah. Possible. yeah. Mm-hmm. Clarence, what do you think on that? You know, I, you know, I, I was going to say, you know, I thought that was a great question. I thought it was a very, uh, it's one that we should look at uh, in terms of that. Uh, you know, it, it's really funny um, because it brings up so many different thoughts for me about, you know, like pressures and you, know, you talk about you talk about pressures and stressors and things like that. You know, and uh, uh, yeah, I would like to answer that question uh, after a little bit more research. How's that? Because I do think I do think that there are environmental factors that that either uh, uh, helps or hinders people from from doing that. And we're in a we're in a society right now and in a place right now where we're looking at all these different factors because we realize that there are there are things that are that are creating additional. Um, drama for people and so yeah yeah i thought it was i thought it was a good question but like i said i it it caused me to just kind of ponder for a little bit yeah Um, yeah no i get it it, yeah i appreciate jen how you asked that question because i think it it, it's one that you know we need to look at you know because i i actually as you were talking about that i I was thinking about even you know among my friends you know i don't know how many among my friends uh, are exercising or thinking about exercising like that you know uh, maybe it's because I, I hang around with a lot of old guys, but anyway, uh, <laughs> it's just a matter. Of, it's just a matter that I think these kinds of conversations are important to enter into because, as I said, even for me, you know, you know, knowing all of this information, it causes me to ponder about how am I approaching it, how am I utilizing it, and then how am I effectively, you know, applying what what we're talking about to my own personal life. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I would put it beyond beyond the exercise piece of that. When we talk about other cultural groups, um, uh, different classes, different ec- uh, different economic class, hundred percent. These when we talk about sleep, hydration, um, nutrition, stress, and movement, huge variables. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I'm like I said, I work in a high end club and um, I have everything available to me. The people that I work with have everything available to them. There's not a lot of barriers. I'm not saying it's easy, but there's not a lot of barriers to success. Um, increased education outside of whether it's in churches, communities, uh, schools, doctor's office. Somehow, uh, I mean, I'd love to see churches start up walking groups. I mean, mm-hmm. community works so well to get people moving. And out of that walking group, you start talking about things. Yeah. But it has to be very intentional. Right. For sure. Right. So that, that one other thing that came to mind, you know, for, for our listening audience, those of us that live in, in uh, Minnesota, all of a sudden there was a light switch that went off and, you know, we're experiencing 80 degree plus weather here after experiencing a hellish winter. Okay. So one question I have are um, seasonal variations in exercise. Okay. Like, you know, it's like, you know, for, for Minnesotans, you know, a lot of us went inside to, to exercise. Right. But then all of a sudden when it gets warm out, um, we're not drawn into that necessarily that type of, of exercise or, um, or fitness. We're more drawn to doing things outside. So how is it that you provide information on that to your clients? Great question. Um, I would argue, and again, I'm speaking from where I work. Yeah. Hardy Minnesotans put on their coats and their heavy boots and they get it done. I mean, I'm amazed at who, who all goes out there and hits the slopes and it's like negative wind chill, but people do this. Right. Good. Right. Um, but I would also say, uh, again, for my body to do what it needs to do, I can afford to come in out of the sun for an hour and get my workout in and then go do a long walk. I mean, I think gotcha. you have to keep in mind, what is it? That's the big question. What is it that you need your body to do for you? Yeah. If you achieve that by being outside all summer long that's great most people decondition if that's their primary source i'm not talking about triathletes endurance athletes but um if you're a golfer and you don't work on your range of motion work on your core strength during your season you choose to stay outside all season i will see that when you come in in the fall and go wow we got work to do again yeah again see over time so yes i think there is a real drift although in a set community in my community groups I don't see any shift. Okay, interesting, interesting. You know, one thing also is as you as you get older, you're looking at more. Um, I think Aaron, you and I talked about stability oriented um, exercises. You want to be able to um, get up out of a chair without you know any aches and and pains. You want to be stable doing that. A trainer that I was I was working with at, uh, at the club that I was at was um, was really focusing my activities on machines that provide stability as opposed to you know you know free weights where you know you you could be unstable lifting free weights unless you've created a real strength in your body for that. So that there are things that you know coaches I've seen. Um, provide you with some 
interesting insights on how it is that you should be going about doing what you need to do based on your age. Well, I would say not maybe based on your age, but based on what is your range of motion, based on what is your um, yeah where you're at instability in the joint. Yeah. So yeah. if 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 a good trainer coach is going to assess that you're going to go yeah. and see somebody, they're going to say, okay, you've got limited mobility in your shoulder. Obviously, we can't load the shoulder. Let's go to a seated chest press machine. Right. Get lots of support and push. Um, but yeah, those are a good trainer will get that. And that's a case too, where if you don't work with somebody and you're kind of guessing, likely you're not going to achieve range of motion and likely you're going to be unstable in the joint. And it's exactly. hard to have yeah. functional movement if those two things aren't there. Great point. Great, great point. One thing that I, I, I tell, you know, the, the, the uh, knee patients that I see is um, what you need to do. The first thing you get up in the morning in order to get your knees working okay and you know it's like putting wd-30 shooting wd-30 into your knees just to get get things moving and, and shaking sure, they really they really appreciate hearing those kinds of exercises and i said you know how long it takes me to do those just to get my knees just moving it takes me about two minutes you know, a minute on each knee where, you know, you just bend it a particular way and boom, you're off and, and going. So um, dependent upon where you're at is, is an important aspect. And so there you are educating people. Somebody's looking for it and you have some good education to give them. I think that would go whatever your community is. Ask the questions, observe, get as much information as you can, because likely somebody in your community has experienced what you have and has some information to share with you. Yeah, it's interesting. If you've gone through it, how they how they appreciate empathetic insights. <laughs> Clarence, last thoughts. I am extremely happy to have had Jen on and Aaron on for this show to end, uh, to talk about this. And uh, as I said a little bit earlier, you know, it, it's good to be, it's good to be in a, in a, in a conversation that we normally, that, that I normally don't talk about. I, I think that it's uh, good to hear an, another perspective and to, uh, you know, that, that this is going to cause me to go to the gym. Okay. I, I, I You, everybody I, heard that. Big yeah. statement. <laughs> yeah. Everybody heard that. Including our, our our listening audience has heard that now, Clarence. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're gonna keep it to it. So you know, you know, I, you know, in the public health arena, one of the one-liners that we always um, heard is "eat less, move more." Okay. Um, perhaps you know, if, you know, a good takeaway from today's show is eat right eat correctly and move right or move correctly. Okay. No matter where you are in, in your life. Um, and if you need help, get it. Don't, don't be, don't be reticent about it at all. Um, there are people of all, all ages, all shapes, all you can, you see them all and it doesn't matter. We're all in this together. And you know what, if we can all carry a, a torch a little bit higher, in order to be healthier you know what let's do it let's okay. do it so jen i want to thank you so much aaron thank you for uh helping us make the 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 connection your insights have been 
incredible. We, you know, with many of our guests, we reserve the right to call you back because you inevitably will get questions from listeners or whatever. It's like, well, wait a minute, I can't answer that question. We got to get Jen back, you know, to help us. So, <laughs> so uh, we might have you, might have you well, back I, at all. I love that. And I would love to just leave the message that no matter where you're at, it, it's one thing, pick out one thing that's easy and obvious that you can do that empowers you. One right, thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, that makes it's, you happy. It's going to go to the gym. That's terrific. Sounds like a big thing. We're going to check back with that. Exactly. Exactly. We had a show on happiness a couple of weeks ago. That was really, really cool. So to our listening audience, we got great shows coming up. We have a show. Our next show is on research, you know, and, and what, you know, with all the different types of research that are, that are being done, how is it actually applied? How is it that we engage on everything that we're researching? Or are we just researching for researching sake? per se. So that'll be our, our next show. We're also doing a couple of shows on cannabis coming up and also the effects of having really good friends, colleagues, et cetera, and how they can help you with a variety of things in the health arena. So stay engaged with Health Chatter and keep health chatting away. Hi, everyone. It's Matthew from Behind the Scenes. And I wanted to let everyone know that we have a new website up and running, helpchatterpodcast.com. You can go on there. You can interact with us. You can communicate with us. Send us a message. You can comment on each episode. You can rate us. Uh, And it's just another way for everyone to communicate with uh, Stan and Clarence and all of us at the Help Chatter team. So definitely check it out. Again, that's helpchatterpodcast.com. 